Curtis, you may know, has loved developing and experimenting with our backyard garden these past couple years. It's something he had always wanted, and it's been such a joy to have. One thing he's learned that any of you who've done this likely know is just how much tomatoes can grow. Those puppies can take off. We had a cherry tomato vine, and when it found its three-foot cage too small, it crept over to the loquat tree and happily made its way to the top, grateful for the additional six feet above and leaving us to wonder how to pick tomatoes ten feet in the air. And then, of course, what to do with so many tomatoes. But the lovely thing is, there are so many options. Even if all you have are tomatoes, onions, and cilantro, you don't just have salsa. If you wanted, you could start there, go about it another way, and get gazpacho. Or go about it another way and get tomato soup. It is one simple example of this truth. Sometimes how we do something will determine if we actually accomplish what we want. Sometimes how we do something will determine if we actually accomplish what we want. Smushing tomatoes does not accomplish anything in and of itself. If you want salsa, you need to take the elements and do salsa-making things with them. Now, we've been talking about the mission of God, what it is God hopes for as creator and sustainer and most of all, one who loves the world. God's mission is for all of creation to be in harmony with and reflective of God's own character. Whatever God is like, be echoes of that in your own time and place and communities. But what if the people you've chosen to bless for the purpose of this mission are failing at it? Then what? By now, you might have heard us say how God chooses Israel in order that they, in their life together, in their way of engaging with the nations around them, would make God known. But when we come to the setting of the Gospels, Israel is living under Roman occupation. Do we find them there, participating with God in the mission? Are they living Yahweh-like or Roman-like? Sadly, overall, we find a people who have chosen either to accommodate to or fight back against Rome. You see accommodation in a lot of the formal leadership who don't want to rock the boat because it could stir up conflict and violence. In opposition to that, you see fighting back in groups like the Zealots who organize themselves to inflict violence on Roman soldiers, try to get them first. In either case, what you don't see is Israel living as a people with a whole other faithful way of being. And this is the time when God decides to come to be the one who lives out the mission perfectly, living in ancient Israel in a way that is in harmony with and certainly reflective of God's own character. What Jesus teaches about God is what's true. What Jesus offers is real life. He doesn't get pulled in by the leadership to fit the ranks, nor does he organize an uprising to overthrow Rome. In fact, he invites a zealot to be one of the 12 disciples, a rebel walking in a new way. He invites a tax collector too, a pawn of Rome, walking in a new way. He even probably makes them sit together sometimes at meals so that they can learn together to walk a new way. Jesus then comes to fulfill what Israel was supposed to have done. The thing about the mission of God is it carries on. God is big enough to carry on and wise enough to know when the approach has to adjust and loving enough to be the one who comes to do it. God may pivot but won't give up. Jesus's life is a testimony to God's mission. I am what God is like. There is still a people who are working to make God known in this world. And in response, all things opposite of the mission get put on display. Everything that is not 
who God is. Everything opposite of what God is like is put on display in Jesus's arrest, trial, and crucifixion. The world and the power of sin does its worst, and Jesus holds it, takes it on, absorbs it. Many scholars talk about this idea, but I found I still like how we tried to translate it for kids. We would dye some water with food coloring and put out a plastic table. And then we'd let them kind of make a mess with it, the different waters, and spill them over. It wasn't the biggest, worst mess, but it was not readily clear what could be done about it. And then we'd take chamois, like you used to dry your car. And we would simply say, if sin is like that mess, Jesus, because of who he is and how he lived, could absorb it all, take it all on himself. And in doing that, take it away. And we put the chamois on the table and the water would disappear. It was simple, but it spoke to something deeply true. Because Jesus was faithful in the mission, he could fulfill where Israel had failed. Because Jesus lived the way he lived, he could accomplish the most significant thing of all, to remove the power of sin such that we could be with God in a whole new way. It wasn't just who Jesus was. It was how he lived. And when it came to the end of his life, it wasn't just who he was, but how he died that matters. The way Jesus went about these final moments show again what God is like. You know that when we are together for church on Zoom, we're an interactive community exploring these things together. And so what we did when we were together is break into three different groups. Each group took one of the stories I'm about to mention, read it again from scripture, and simply asked themselves, what does this story show us about who God is or what God is like? What do we notice in these passages? Together, we looked at Jesus around the table at the Lord's Supper. We looked at the time he healed the guard's ear. And we looked at his connection with the thief at the cross. Groups noticed a variety of things about who God is, but I want to point out just a couple for us here now. First, the table, which reiterates that God is not going to do this alone, but give away power to a group. This group gathered around the table celebrating Passover and those that they will invite in. God's continuing to form a people. The mission is not changing to, I'll work with individuals who agree and believe. One of our groups noticed that Jesus offers the meal to even Judas, who still sits among them, not too far gone. In the account of Jesus healing the guard's ear, we see that not only is God healer, but God rejects violent domination in order to accomplish the mission. Third, as Jesus connects with the thief at the cross, we see that although God is still group-oriented, there is always care for the one. One of our groups noticed the other thief, the one who does not ask for Jesus to remember him, but rather scoffs at him. They noticed how Jesus didn't even really respond. And what they saw in that moment was how God holds space, allowing us to say what we really think and feel to God. And then, of course, in this encounter in the end, lest we forget, we see that this is the God who forgives. How Jesus does this matters. We see who God is through the way Jesus accepts execution. If he hadn't done it this way, 
I have to wonder, would this moment have come that we see in Mark chapter 15, starting in verse 37? It says, Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was God's son. Perhaps I'm reading too much into the way it got translated, but I can't help but notice that he saw that in this way, Jesus breathed his last and proclaims truly this man was God's son. In Christ's faithfulness, we see the mission move forward. Not just what he did, but also how he did it so that God would continue to be made known and so that we could be brought in. All this is called the atonement in fancy theological words. John Golden Gay notes how the meaning of the word is built into it. At one mint, the way we are made one with God. No power too great, no mess too big, no force too strong to keep us from the love of God. And so may we know, as we have been prayed for by the Apostle Paul, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God. And may we allow that love to move us forward into this world, one with God and eager to invite others in as God has done for us. To the glory of our triune God, amen.